Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Emerging Eve, where we will focus on unraveling the difficulties in the midst of our journey and move toward forward progress. This program is not meant to replace any form of therapy, and you are encouraged to seek out a mental health professional if necessary. Oh, hello, hello. Um, this is Tisha with Emerging Ease. Welcome. Um, you're tuned in to the Bachelor uh, News Radio Network. Feel free to call 646-929-0130 or send questions to the chat room at blogtalkradio.com forward slash LA-Bachelor. Also, um, if you have any uh, questions, comments, or anything um, between now and next week, feel free to send an email to emergingease, all one word, at gmail.com. Lastly, if you are interested in advertising with us, please email LABachelor, that's L-A-B-A-T-C-H-E-L-O-R-4-0, at gmail.com. All right, come on in and let's talk. Today we have a special guest. Um, her name is Shakia Brown. She is an awesome, awesome, awesome person. I'll tell you all my story after I read um, the bio she sent me because you know I got some more to add to it. <laughs> it's all good stuff, though. Um, she's currently under supervision to become an LPC, a LPC in the state of Oklahoma. She has 20-plus years of working with uh, youth and families in various capacities, including child care, a juvenile justice, and various forms of community work. Um, Shakia has such a heart and a passion for her community, and she has for many years provided food and clothing to those in need. Also, she's a, a Reiki healer, which is awesome and amazing. And I will tell you all, um, first and foremost, um, if you get the right person that does your Reiki session, oh, you're going to be in there ugly crying because uh, Miss Shakia, she's going to get it up out of you. She's going to pull it right on up out of you. So I think she's muted right now. Uh, L.A., if you would bring her on in. Um, with our session today, we are going to be touching on working with people who are dealing with concerns uh, associated with their mother. And with those concerns, it's uh, actually touching on another aspect of uh, generational trauma, okay? So it's the, uh, the maternal impact, the part that comes down from, from your mom. Um, let me see if she's been brought in yet. Can you hear me? Okay, yes, yes, I can hear you. All right, okay. welcome. I had, to tell, I had to tell my business and tell them that you made me ugly cry, and it was okay. <laughs> I felt wonderful afterwards. It was wonderful. Wonderful. And the other thing I want to say is, um, as an inspiration, since we're going to be talking about mothers today, uh, just as an inspiration to other women, I had seen Shakia in passing, I guess it had been at least four and, years. And Lakeisha? Uh-huh. Look. 
I, I have to I have to correct you because I love you. So the way you pronounce my name is Sharika. It is not pronounced the way it's spelled. So this is not new. <laughs> so don't freak out. <laughs> this is a normal oh, no, thing. But, oh, okay. No, Sharika, it's okay. My bad. No, you good. Okay. I've been my bad. My bad. Because people say my name. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> correct. But I've been in passing. Um, uh, Sharika for I guess about four years and I was like oh my gosh she's so awesome because she's also a, a model that's the part she didn't want to put in the bio but I'm putting it out there in the atmosphere anyway and I was like are you going to do this yes ma'am and I was like oh, I love that I want to be like that like does she have a clothing line some makeup a perfume I wow. need that but it's just the, the she's so grounded and she'll help you tune into yourself and so I'm still finding my feminine energy thanks to uh, Sharika. I'm not going to say Sharika yep. no more. It's okay. All right. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming on today. Um, I, I started to introduce um, the, the topic that we're talking about is the maternal impact that some of us face, the negative uh, of some of uh, the relationships that people have with their mom. And the mm-hmm. thing is, uh, so often, um, sometimes you'll go through a whole life and you don't realize how difficult your maternal relationship was or how much you miss until check, until you see someone else and you're like, wait a minute, I didn't get any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get to experience that. Um, what is uh, What are some things that you can think of that um, – would be some things that people could start to look at to identify, like, you know, maybe I need to kind of assess the relationship I had with my with my mom or whoever was in that maternal role when I was growing up. Um, well, I, I want to first say, Lakeisha, thank you so much. Um, and I'm glad yeah. you said four years because I, I was like, I know it's been a while since I've known you or seen you out and about. Um, but here recently we've really connected, and so I'm, I'm grateful for you. Um, I've learned a lot from you as well in this short period of time. So, And then we got to spend a little time over the weekend together as well, so that was a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> we, we really had a good time over the weekend, so that was great. Um, but I was thinking about that question in particular, and the way that I, I needed to convey it um, is you know how we're out and about and, you know, whether you're with your family or friends and you're just out and about and you see people or you see things and you know it's things that you don't resonate with, things you don't agree with, behaviors you see that you don't like, that same thing happens within the parental mother-child relationship. Sometimes they see things that they don't agree with, that, you know, they may not resonate with that being something or a characteristic that they would like to have. Um, a lot of times with mothers, and I and I have the experience, so this is from personal experience and from professional experience, um, mm-hmm. kids are very aware. Mm-hmm. They're very, very aware. And so we may say one thing, and then our actions say something completely different. So we, we almost lose credibility with the child. And that's a big yeah. thing, because we may not even be aware that we're doing it, but they're affected by that lack of honesty or that they see that their parent is not a super parent anymore and that we're actually just human beings as well when they developmentally reach that stage and they start to really look at these things. Now, these things 
can affect them. They may never say a thing about it. They may move on and go somewhere else and tell someone else about it. Or they may interact with people that we didn't expect that they would. Um, So the way that anybody would pay attention to a behavior or something that they don't like, we all do that anyway. The kids do that as well. Right, exactly. Now, what about the the absent mom? And there's kind of two uh, two spins on that that I'm thinking of. And feel free to throw in anyone that you're thinking of. I'm thinking of the mom that's actually physically, emotionally absent. They're just mm-hmm. not in the picture. So there's either aunt or a friend of the family or grandparents or somebody else is there except mom's just not there at all. And then what about mom that is there but she's not there emotionally? What what does that what does that do? What does that even look like, first of all, from a child's perspective? And then what does that do to that person? Man, <laughs> that's big. It's really, really big. Yeah. Um, you know, there's extremes to this. So working in the juvenile side, you know, I got to see the actual ramifications in the physical form play out. Um, The uninvolved parent, there's four parenting styles, um, authoritarian, authoritative, permissive, and uninvolved. And if you go and you look up those parenting styles, it actually gives you examples of the type of child that would come from this particular type of parent. So an uninvolved parent, (laughs) just think about that. If somebody is not involved in your situation, maybe they're physically there, but they're checked out emotionally. They have nothing to give. So the things that a a child is supposed to learn or develop at certain age points, um, you know, at those age points, they don't get what they need, right? So even the Reiki healing, you know, that you've experienced, sometimes those things come out um, at a particular age, and then your development stops working at that particular age. So you can have a full adult at 30 years old that is still dealing with that eight-year-old trauma unresolved that's just festering and sitting within them, and now they're a parent, and they're passing that right on down. So it's very layered. Um, It's very layered, the effects. Um, I've seen, again, from, you know, kids going to prison, um, kids um, losing their lives. I've lost a few kids through the years. Um, yeah. And then on the lighter side is it affects the relationships that our children are going to have with each other, that our grandchildren are going to have with each other. You know, I really think about 10 years from now, 20 years, 30 years, what the climate of our families will look like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. That's, that's, that's very true um, because oftentimes, and I'm, I'm not um, – as anybody knows who's listening, I don't ever put any uh, male or female in the hot seat, particularly mm-hmm. as far as, like, being in the wrong, because uh, both sides, we, we have some uh, representatives, I'll say, mm-hmm. that are not the best. Um, mm-hmm. The thing with, with moms, when we have missing moms, whether they're totally out of the picture or whether they're emotionally vacant. And the reason mm-hmm. I'm, I'm focusing on emotional just to kind of clarify for the audience is because that emotion and that physical is really the support and the care, how children receive it and how Mm -hmm. we learn certain boundaries with each other. 
you can mentally be there and be speaking to someone but be emotionally vacant. Um, Absolutely. Also, emotionally vacant will keep you from being able to fully connect and know, like, well, dang, you know, they had a rough day. I need to give them a hug or give them some type of word of affirmation. So it, it's a big chunk of a person when they're emotionally vacant. Now, Absolutely. I wanted to to clarify uh, just as so we can understand, because there's daddy issues and there's mommy issues. Now, mm-hmm. the thing is, people always hear about daddy issues. Oh, this person's mm-hmm. got daddy issues, blah, 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 mm. blah. I have never, until I, uh, <laughs> until I met Sharika, heard of mommy issues, because when she brought it up, I leaned in. I'm like, okay, now what? what's this? That's why, wow. because of her inside of it, I was like, oh, my gosh, she's got to come on the show because nobody, I've never heard anyone talk about mommy issues. And I'm like, well, look at this. Look at God. Let me show you on the side. So well, and, and, but, up, you know, when you asked me, when you asked me to do it, my initial reaction was pushback. No, I'm not. <laughs> that was my initial uh-huh. reaction because <laughs> I understand the pushback that can have, that can come from this specific conversation and I'm a mom I have a mom Mm -hmm. you know and I and I let my mom know that mom I'm gonna do this radio show it's about women it's about mothers and she said okay now I've had the opportunity to talk to my mother about our issues you know everybody Mm -hmm. doesn't get that opportunity so when you have a child that cannot maybe the mother has passed on or they just have no relationship at all and they can't get that resolve that I got to get um, mm-hmm. then what do they do? You know, yeah, um, so, exactly. so there's steps to healing, you know, that allow you to still push forward despite what you've been through because at the end of the day, I'm a kid advocate. You know, we grown, you know, I've, I've had between the Reiki and, you know, my services that I provide, I've had, you know, from a 23-year-old young lady, um, my daughter's 22, you know, cry mm-hmm. out, and scream out about her mommy issues. I've had, you know, 50-year-old, 60-year-old women to tell me that they have mommy issues. And so the fact that Mm -hmm. we're not talking about it and it's just kind of swept under the rug, the climate, Mm -hmm. the current climate (laughs) and status of women today and mothers today, what would that mean for our grandkids later? Exactly. And I'm I'm glad you brought that up because, I was going to bring the part up that daddy issues and mommy issues don't just involve the impact of the opposite sex child. That same sex child is the same way. And Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you brought up the conversation you had with your mom because my mom was um, a different, she was there physically. Um, Mm -hmm. She wasn't a very emotional person. And I think because of, um, gosh, when she had me, she was in her mid-40s. So my parents were always the older parents. My parents were born okay. back in the 30s. And so mm-hmm. there was a whole bunch of emotional, let me come grab you and hug you and all of this and nothing. So mommy okay. issues can be experienced by women as well as men. So I don't want the men to think, ooh, we got away from that one. No. We're going to see the men on another show. I, I, you know, I got, I got things lined up for the men. I want you to know I do have things coming for the men as well because it, this is a, a – uh, a family community, you know, what is our role at this point in our families as the mom, as the mother? What is our role? What is our role with ourselves? <laughs> what is our role exactly. in the community? 
what is our role with our kids? I feel like it's kind of been not dropped to the wayside, but we've just, we've become so busy, so, you know, on the go, you know, not stopping to center and clear and, and add those nurturing qualities to our, to our family unit. You know, it's, there's a lot of brokenness. There's a lot of singleness. There's a lot of this going on. So I just have become aware during my journey and through my journey of divorce and being single, all this stuff has come to my awareness. So um, right. working with juvenile services and seeing it from the extreme standpoint, um, yeah. it's very layered, you know, it's very, very layered. And, and I want to say there's no perfect parent. There's no booklet, exactly. you know, and there's books, but there's no booklet to tell you exactly how to parent your particular child. Um, and so we learn as we go, and we mess up as we go. But acknowledging that, not trying to hide it per se, and make it look like we're these super parents, so then when the kids really see us in our true nature, as hurts, <laughs> that we don't lose our credibility with them. Right, right, that's very true. Let me take a moment to uh, go ahead and um, encourage you all to listen in this Friday from 5 to 5.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, when the featured artist this week will be Keith Sweat. Uh, Y'all be careful because y'all know some of y'all came into this world because of Keith now. Uh, Also, every Sunday uh, through Friday from 8 p.m. to midnight, listen to Whisper Softly on the Bachelor News Radio Network. And, again, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please email us at labachelor40 at gmail.com. Now, um, Sharika, before we go back in, um, we have a question from Craig and Drum. He wants to know, what type of counseling does a child need, and how do they heal when their mom didn't neglect or leave them but died when they were a child? Uh, the child, uh, they were 11 when their mom Die. Mm. Mm, very layered. Um, yeah. <laughs> very layered. Um, I, I flash back to what I needed as a child. Um, mm-hmm. My childhood was my mom and dad were both there. Um, they had their way of parenting. Um, it was scary. <laughs> Sometimes it was very yeah. scary. And it's layered. It's taken me time even into adulthood. That's why addressing this now saves us from taking this trauma into adulthood with us, into our relationships with us. So getting on it and being proactive now um, so that they have an avenue to talk it out, so that they have an additional support system that, because it may not be you, you might be too close, you know, and so they need somebody right. on the outside to be unbiased so that they can just let it out with. Um, that's mm-hmm. really important, listening to them, listening to our kids. Yeah. We we have yeah, become, and we're, we're talking about mamas right now, mm-hmm. but listening to your kids. He added some more in. The person whose mother passed away when they were 11 is now an adult, and now they're struggling with relationships with women because mm-hmm. of that law. Mm-hmm. So I, so that I was think additional for information. Sure, yes, that was additional. That just came in. Okay. Um, I think for sure to address the grief process side of it at 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 one level. Um, at another level, um, what do you think? Uh, 
Sharika, about um, looking at what helped develop the current beliefs about women in the relationship. Since biological mom wasn't there, who else was kind of um, the impact that helped uh, determine how you, how how the view of women was developed, how how women are seen as far as um, being able to be trustworthy, loyal in a Ooh. committed relationship. Ooh. Oh gosh, um, um, yeah. The way I started this quest, just really quickly, um, I I didn't like women. Um, And I said this in class, and, you know, it's always a shock factor for a lot of people. But I didn't like women, and I'm a woman, so how crazy is that? Um, But what I experienced coming through middle school and high school is a lot of guilting, a lot of manipulation, a lot of controlling behaviors, um, a lot of conniving behaviors. So my growing up, I just didn't, I didn't see anything that was appealing or any characteristics that I wanted for me. So when I looked around and I was with my mom and my sisters and the people around, I didn't see what was me. And so I literally had to teach myself because I didn't see what I was looking for. I had to teach myself what I needed. So knowing who you are and what you want, something that I repeat a lot, lately here lately because even in full adults people don't know who they are mamas women don't know who they are and what they want so you can be clear right so as you're moving through and dealing with people and relationships what do you want so if you see this person is that then and that don't line up with what you want then it shouldn't be a hard decision to move in the way that you need to you know People respect honesty and clarity and, and authenticity. So are you really exactly. being authentic, you know, authentic to yourself? Are you being authentic to yourself first? Because it affects everybody around you, especially the mom, especially the right. mothers, because we're the root and the center of the family. So if our families right. are broken, what is our role and responsibility in that? Right, right, that's true. And something that um, you said in your view toward women actually can also impact the view men have toward women based on uh, mother concerns. Um, with what uh, Craig had brought up was his mom passing, um, mm-hmm. to even look at, you feel like, hey, she chose to leave me. So, you know, that is, that's looking like, well, she chose to not be here. And sometimes people Mm -hmm. see death like that. But the thing Mm -hmm. that uh, you brought up, uh, Sharika, that was really interesting, and I was like, golly, I never looked at it like that from how both male and females can feel that is um, kind of the brokenness, the manipulation, Mm -hmm. the control, and Mm -hmm. the guilt that Mm -hmm. comes from having either a difficult or distant relationship with uh, a maternal person in your life. And the reason I say maternal person is because if biological mom is not there, that doesn't mean that that space is left void and empty. Correct. Someone can fill that place, but if they, if you have a difficult relationship with them as well in that maternal space, that can still lead to the same outcomes of feeling the guilt, feeling the brokenness, the manipulation, and the control. Um, and and if I can interject right there, 
the the person the, the 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 mother that steps in in place of the absent mother even when she's amazing <laughs> and she yeah. does her best and she's available and she's financially able to uh, take care of the child and and be there's still a hole and so mm-hmm. even moving over that hole yes why do, i hear a lot of you know people in maybe the guardian position or, you know, um, a a family member or something, and they don't respect me. They'll say the kid doesn't respect them or, you know, that they don't appreciate what I'm doing. But, again, developmentally, if you're a child under 18, under 21, (laughs) under 21, um, you may not understand that the presence, that it's just a hole there. And so then this person is overshadowing you with all this love, but I didn't get it here. So still applying and dealing with the grief of, no, that's still a hole. Exactly. <laughs> still a hole exactly. And some people who have difficult uh, relationships with their parents that I've, I've met with as children and as adults, I always ask them the question of um, why is it so important that you get this from this person? Why specifically mm-hmm. that person? And one mm-hmm. uh, of the teenage folks that I worked with, she said, well, because that's my dad. That's my mm-hmm. biological dad. And so I had to explain that biology got you here physically. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that that is the person that is going to pour everything into you because you, you're poured into by everyone that comes into your life. Mm-hmm. And right. so when someone else pours in, it doesn't devalue what they're pouring into you. If they're showing you love, accept that and be thankful that, you know, if I can't get it from this other person, someone else mm-hmm. is willing and actually active in doing that and pouring into me. And mm-hmm. in telling her that, I'm going to just give you all a little side uh, view, inside view as a therapist. Sometimes we minister to our own selves while we're talking to somebody else. She's like, okay, now look, I'm not going to be in my own therapy session as a client. Do I have to pay my copay? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that was okay. Let me write that somewhere because that was okay. That is uh-huh. of my own. But to yes, be ma'am. mindful that we all have to always be in a way of wanting to challenge where we are. You may feel like, yes. oh, I just have a little bit to kind of fix, but uh, Sharika knows as a client will come in and say, oh, I just have this little bitty thing I need to adjust, and they get mm-hmm. to talking. It's a whole mm-hmm. half of the house. And you're like, no, yeah. baby, you're going to need more than that little bitty piece of plaster. Um, come on in and sit down for a while. And it's mm-hmm. okay because we all, as people, uh, we're not born into perfection. We're never perfection. But I do tell people you're perfectly where you are in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. Like when it was time for me to actually be able to tune in better, to begin to tune in better to my feminine energy. I was able, mm-hmm. I was blessed to come across uh, uh, Sharika. So I was like, oh, my gosh, yes, she's everything in a package. That's what I want to be like. Yeah, me too. Sign me up. But then I have to look at that. I appreciate that. And, I want, and at the same time, I want you to understand how awkward that also makes me feel because, I, I, you know, a lot of people watch me go through this journey and 
you know, when you're going through it and you're in the midst of it, it's not really for anybody else. And so I was just kind of going through it. And so now that I've gone through, and there's still things that i got to tweak here and there, but as I've gone through it and now I'm on the other side, I've kind of gone from student to teacher. And so it's yeah. awkward for me um, to to not be in the background just worried about me. Um, it's always yeah. been community. It's always been, you know, what we're doing out here. And, and I've just kind of been that person to hold all this within me all this time. So we cross paths on purpose. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I see that you're trying to push me out of my comfort zone a bit, and I receive it. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yes, but the, the feminine energy class stem from we are, in in my opinion, we can be out of order. And yeah. I didn't have that nurturing, loving, caring, because I didn't see it. Um, yeah. I've seen the opposite. Most times I've seen the opposite. And so I had to create what that was for me, what that looks like. I looked it up. I Googled. I watched videos. I looked at movies. I, I, when, when I talk about doing the work, like mm-hmm. I had to teach myself because I didn't see it. Right. And see, that's the thing that I want to encourage people and kind of leave with them today is um, I physically had my mom there, but I didn't have the example of how to tap into my femininity because for my mom's perspective, because I've not been seeing all my life. And so I was born round. I grew up round. I became rounder. And then she was always like, well, you got to lose that weight to tap into your femininity. I was like, well, I don't know what to do. And something wow. happened over the summer between eighth grade and ninth grade where I lost a lot of weight. And I actually went down from a 22, a size 22, to a size 7. And now all of a mm. sudden she was invested in my feminine energy. And by that point, I was T-shirts, jeans, and I ain't trying to be bothered. But <laughs> I was saying that to say this, whenever you find someone that Sharika was inspiring me from a distance, she didn't even know. I was like, you got to get it. Let me take some notes. And do that. Do that for yourself. So um, I want to go ahead. We're going to have to end the show because we're already at our time. I want to thank you all for tuning in today. We will have to bring her back. Um, I hope that this discussion has been and will continue to be helpful to you in your life's journey. Thank you for listening to Emergenies with Keisha and the special guest, Sharika Brown, on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you for taking such a time as this to participate in your personal improvement with Emerging Ease. I'm Keisha, your host. Remember that in everything, there's an opportunity to learn and grow. If you are experiencing a difficult time, please reach out to the National Crisis Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. And I look forward to hearing from you next week on Emerging Ease with Keisha.